The Veterans Report is sponsored by James Cannon. Welcome to the Veterans Report, the region's only show dedicated to those who have served our country. We have the latest news and information on resources available to veterans, including health care, education, employment tips, local volunteer organizations, and more. To those who have served, those who are serving, and to those who will, we salute you. And now, the host of the Veterans Report, Jim Cannon. And welcome back to the Veterans Report. We appreciate you joining us today. Uh, we have a full show today. Good stuff all around. So uh, we're going to jump into some news, and then uh, shortly thereafter, we're going to have our guest today, who is uh, Carol Eggert with Comcast. Uh, she is the she's the senior VP of Military and Veteran Affairs for that that uh, that media giant that we know as Comcast. So we're going to be waiting on Carol's call. Uh, it's going to come in a little bit, and uh, when she calls in, what we're going to do is we're going to break away, uh, do our checks, and then we're going to come back and and speak with Carol for a few minutes. But um, so hang in there. That's coming shortly. Uh, in the meantime, we're gonna we're gonna cover some news. Uh, there were one or two stories this week. Uh, first and foremost, well, first before we even get started on the news, I want to say thank you uh, for joining us here on 6:20 a.m. KHB Radio, um, and say hello to our partners at WTF Nation Radio. Uh, if you haven't checked out their programming, their shows, their schedule, jump online, WTFNIF, WTFNationRadio.com. Uh, you can find them on Mixer. You can find them on Twitter. You can find them everywhere. And soon you're going to be finding them in space. So uh, jump on there and, and give them some love. Uh, so first and foremost, out of the gate, um, John McCain, Senator John McCain, uh, announced this week that uh, he's going to be ceasing the treatment for his aggressive brain cancer. Uh, he's been battling brain, can- brain cancer for about a year, hasn't been in the Senate uh, since last December. Um, and so the family sent out a statement. Uh, says, you know, last summer, Senator John McCain shared with Americans the news our family already knew. He had been diagnosed with an aggressive I'm not even glioblastoma, and the prognosis was serious. In the years since, John has surpassed expectations for his survival, but the progress of disease and the inexorable advance of age render their verdict. With his usual strength of will, he has now chosen to discontinue medical treatment. Our family is immensely grateful for the support and kindness of all his caregivers over the last year, and for the continuing outpouring of concern and affection from John's many friends and associates, and the many thousands of people who are keeping him in their prayers. God bless and thank you all. Uh, And Cindy McCain, uh, the senator's wife, wrote in a tweet, I love my husband with all of my heart. God bless everyone who has cared for my husband along this journey. Uh. His daughter, Megan, also chimed in, uh, issuing another statement. So, um, and the story goes on to say, in what looks like his final legislative triumph, Trump signed into law the John S. McCain National Defense Authorization Act earlier this month. But in a fresh sign of hostility, Trump, who once said he didn't consider McCain a war hero because he'd been captured, didn't even mention the Arizona senator's name. Uh, McCain has spent the last few months accepting visits and phone calls from political friends at home in Arizona. 
he has a recent book uh, that he released. So, uh, you know, it's, it's um, obviously you don't want to see anybody go through anything like this, uh, you know, friend or foe. This is, um, this is a horrible way to sort of end one's existence. And, and make no mistake, this is it. I mean, this is, this is game over, um, which is unfortunate. And I think most people have the ability to sort of put the politics aside with somebody who is as contentious and, and, and fractious and rough and tumble uh, as Senator McCain has been over the years. Uh, he has picked fights with <laughs> pretty much anybody who has crossed his path. Uh, he, he has been known for uh, being sort of a pit bull, uh, not always on the right side of uh, politics or legislative issues or social issues. But certainly a guy who is willing to go to bat for whatever uh, whatever his agenda is, and so he's never been shy about doing that. And this goes back uh, it goes back to his days as a POW. He was he was held captive for uh, what, five years, roughly five years. Uh, his days at the Naval Academy, where <laughs> I've read a lot of uh, I've read a lot of biographies over the years, uh, including uh, from people like. Oliver North and people like Jim Webb and, uh, you know, other people who went through the Naval Academy, uh, people who have known John McCain for decades, people who went to school with him. Uh, he's been the uh, irascible pain in the backside for uh, his entire life. So he's he's going down. You know, everybody keeps saying he's, he's going out his way, right? And he is. Um, so it's rough, though. It's rough to see somebody who was uh, so... Uh, I don't even know what the word is. I, I hate to use the word strong because that doesn't seem to emphasize it enough, but uh, somebody who was such a bull, you know, come up against an obstacle like this and have no way to navigate around it. Of course, I, I don't, the other side of it is, without sounding too crass, I don't know of a good way to go out. Um, <laughs> you know, there's no there's no good way to go into the eternal sleep, but uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, stuff like this, he could hang on for, for some time, or it could happen very quickly. And so uh, I think everybody will be um, <clears throat> everybody be so, sort of on watch, and we'll, we'll see what happens. And we wish the senator well, and uh, we appreciate Senator McCain's service to the country, both, uh, both in the Navy and, uh, and in politics. Uh, you know, in, in Congress and then later in the Senate. So again, he's he's been in a lot of uh, in, in a lot of the fights for veterans' rights and veterans issues. McCain has been the one to sort of kick the door open. He's been the the breacher. Uh, there have been a couple of times where he has fumbled the ball, but that's true of any politician. It's true of any elected official. None of them get it right all of the time. So this guy has been uh, again. He's been willing to to go fight the good fight on behalf of. Uh, behalf of vets, and so it's it's also personally, uh, I didn't get into politics until Reagan. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I was a kid, and uh, but I do remember, I do remember getting to know who John McCain was in very short order back in the '80s, and so I've sort of grown up with him as a a constant or a uh, you know an an ever present face in the Senate and the press. And so it's, it's painful personally to see this because it means, eh, like so many other things that pass, this is the end of an era. This is, 
this is sort of a period on one more sentence in history. And uh, he, he has, <clears throat> obviously having served as long as he has, what is he, 80, 82, 83, something like that, uh, 81. I mean, he's been there forever. <laughs> you know, that, that of course, uh, is offensive to my, my political sensibility in terms of, uh, you know, advocating for term limits. Uh, but like I said, McCain has been a constant. So he's, he's been, he's been part of my, uh, whatever you want to call it, my, my personal history, my biography. So it's a, it's, it's painful. So again, we wish him well, and we hope that, uh, this does not linger on or cause undue discomfort or pain. So thank you, Senator McCain. <clears throat> and w- when we uh, I'm hesitant to get too far into many of these stories when we come back though uh, after the interview there's going to be a whole bunch of other stuff that we we talk about including uh, maybe we'll, yeah, I think we have time we have time <clears throat> we'll get into this uh, if I can find it see I said that and now I'm not ready oh so Governor Scott Walker of Wisconsin is launching a national campaign to attract military veterans and their families to Wisconsin. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Wisconsin. <clears throat> the the $1.9 million effort is part of a $6.8 million marketing drive aimed at attracting talent to Wisconsin. I said it again. The push comes as Foxconn Technology Group is building a flat screen manufacturing facility in Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin, that could create as many as 13,000 jobs. Oh, man. The Veterans Campaign calls for state officials and business representatives to visit summits for veterans transitioning to civilian life at more than a dozen military installations. Social media posts, ads on websites and in publications targeting veterans, a new blog targeting veterans, and a new military occupation code search tool on the State Department of Workforce Development's jobs website for veterans to help vets match their skills to job openings. So I don't know if you've ever been to Wisconsin. I've been there. Uh, it, you know, nice place. It's very, it's very pleasant. It's very, it's very scenic. Uh, and if you're into the outdoors, that's one of many states in our uh, Grand Republic where you can fish and you can hunt and you can chop down trees and you can go live off the land and and speaking of land there is a ton of land in wisconsin that is uninhabited so if you're one of those folks who doesn't want to quite pull the trigger on moving to alaska but you want to kind of get away from stuff maybe this isn't a bad idea maybe it's not a bad call i i just find it hard to believe that there is a group that's going to be Creating 13,000 jobs in Wisconsin. That is amazing to me. So hang in there and you'll be seeing some representatives from Wisconsin at a base near you. Um, So if you see them, reach out and say hello. Um, What else do we have? We also have, oh, we have some other, we have some other big stories. Where are we? Where are we? I just had them in front of me. So uh, the VA, oh, I'll tee this up in a minute. <clears throat> and 
guess what, folks? Uh, we have our guest on the line, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to make sure there are no gremlins uh, biting into the lines, and then we will come right back. If you want to keep up with the latest in veteran news away from the radio, stop by our website at www.theveteransreport.com. There you'll find news headlines along with links to media outlets around the world. You can also find links to every state's veteran services office. And for you film buffs, there's even a link to a war movie database. We appreciate you stopping by the Facebook page at facebook.com slash theveteransreport. There, like the website, you'll find the latest news and information related to veterans. For you high-speed individuals who want to limit yourself to 140 characters, stop by our Twitter account. It's a great way to find information on veteran organizations throughout the country and what they're up to. You can tweet us by using at the Vets Report. If you'd like to email the show directly, please send us your input, comments, or suggestions to editor at theveteransreport.com. Thanks again for checking out our pages. Thanks for listening, and thank you for supporting our veterans community. And we are back. We appreciate everybody hanging in there. We have on the line our guest today. Uh, we have U.S. Army Brigadier General Retired. Carol Eggert. Carol, how are you? Hey, good afternoon. I'm great. Thanks Fan- for uh, inviting us on. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you joining us because I know that you are uh, you are busy. You are out of town. You are um, you're, you're out there swinging the bat on behalf of vets. We are. We're out at, out at the um, American Legion convention and and sharing messages and how we can all work together. That's fantastic. I, I want to take just a second and and I know. Generally speaking, folks like you are very humble, but I, I do want to. I'll tee this up. I have to run through your bio. Um, we have a lot of vets. We have a lot of military listening. Uh, so Brigadier General Carol Eggert is the Senior Vice President of Military and Veteran Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. In this role, she leads an eight-person team that works collaboratively across Comcast NBC Universal to provide strategic leadership to all aspects of programs and outreach, engaging the military and veteran community, including recruiting, hiring, and building talent at all levels of the organization. But more than that, this is more for our audience here. During her career, she served in a variety of command and staff positions and completed numerous overseas deployments, including a 15-month combat tour in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom as chief of the Women's Initiatives Division and senior liaison to the U.S. Embassy Baghdad, where she conducted a full-scale analysis of women's initiatives and developed a strategic plan for the economic and political empowerment of Iraqi women under the U.S. Secretary of State. She's the recipient of numerous awards and commendations in recognition of her contributions to the military, including the Legion of Merit, Bronze Star, Purple Heart, and multiple awards of the Meritorious Service Medal. <clears throat> Carol's a graduate of the U.S. Army War College, where she served on the faculty and was later selected as the Deputy Commandant. She holds a bachelor's degree in liberal studies, two master's degrees in instructional design and strategic international studies, and a doctoral degree in organizational leadership. She also serves on the Corporate Advisory Board for Westchester University and the boards of directors for Valley Forge Military Academy, the Philly Pops, and Psych Armor. And it goes on and on. It, you know, it, it's nice to see that you've led sort of a relaxing life. <laughs> well, when I hear that bio, it does make me wonder, but uh, thank you so much. And, and uh, it does help us relate to everybody listening in. You know, we, we're a community who has a sense of service, so... 
Uh, thanks for sharing that. Well, no, and thank you for your service. Uh, I don't think if I don't think the civilian world understands all of the time and the effort that goes into getting to the position that you did. So thank you. I really appreciate that as a vet myself. Oh, okay. So we are here. I gotcha. To- <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I, I got to tell you, I'm a little unnerved because I don't generally speak to, to flag officers, so uh, it's it's tough to call you by your first name. So, Jim, let me just say that I was enlisted for almost 12 years, so think of me as uh, oh. Chef Sergeant Carroll. Oh, okay. We're good then. Yeah, We're totally good. Go. All right. Well, I appreciate I didn't know that about you. That's awesome. All right. Uh, so there's hope for me. So... Um, and I know your time is limited. There are a couple of things. There was some news that came out this uh, was it this week? I think it was last week uh, about uh, from Comcast about this, uh, what you're calling the Internet Essentials program. Uh, what is it and why is this such a big deal? I'm really pleased you asked that. I'm so proud of what Comcast has done in this area. So the Internet Essentials program, uh, since its launch in 2011, has connected more than six million individuals to the power of the Internet, meaning we brought low-cost Wi-Fi Internet to 1.5 million homes. Now, the big deal is that we are expanding that program to include low-income veterans so that they, too, can bridge the digital divide by bringing uh, low-cost, high-speed Internet, as well as a computer and um, free digital literacy training. Uh, And as I'm sure you know, You can't do much these days without access to the Internet. So bringing it to the home so the veteran can access their VA programs, apply for jobs, I think is a a critical component, and I'm so proud we're expanding it. Yeah, I mean, we have become so reliant on on technology and the Internet especially. That's like our lifeline to everything out there. I, I agree, and especially since we're so committed to hiring from the military community, it's a natural component. Um, to assist veterans in their employment efforts. So now, you, with this program, who's eligible? What are, what are sort of the criteria uh, in terms of eligibility for this? Well, as we said, um, certainly a veteran. And then it's veterans, they just basically document their low-income status. And as we know, uh, less than 70% um, of low-income veterans do have Internet access. And they can reach out to internetessentials.com and that gives them slash veterans and that will give them all the criteria but in general it's anyone who participates in any of the national federal uh, low income programs to include the VA low income programs now i'm assuming that this is not 100% free there's got to be some kind of cost or a charge associated with it but it's probably minimal right so what what is that well, Thanks for asking that. And, and one thing is we found that there's, a, there's an investment when the individual is part of the partnership, and it's low income in that it's $10 a month for high-speed Internet in the home as well as a laptop, which costs about $150, and then there's no cost for the digital literacy training. So what we need help with is just getting the word out so veterans know that they're eligible for this program. And, and this is completely through Comcast, right? Yes. Yeah, so that is one of the things to consider is it has to be in our Comcast footprint. When we're in, and certainly Pittsburgh, with one of the largest population of veterans, is in our footprint. So anybody in that area is certainly eligible for this program in the low-income status. Oh, that's fantastic. So uh, do you know how many people have, I think you touched on this, how many people have already um, 
I guess, applied for or been accepted into the Internet Essentials program? So the Internet Essentials, actually, um, it really has expanded. So since it started, right now we're up to 6 million individuals have been participating in the program. Um, and, and we expect, and just in the last two years, the biggest increase was a 50% increase. So the word is finally getting out there, and that's why we want to make sure we're getting the word out to veterans, low-income veterans, so they can take advantage of this. So I saw a thing in, uh, there was a stat somewhere, I'm looking for it here, that said, uh, there was a study done that said veterans are more likely, uh, oh, here it is, the uh, 2016 Veterans Affairs study said that nearly uh, 30% of low-income veteran households did not have any reliable means to get online, but a Department of Commerce study released last fall found that vets are more likely to use the Internet than their peers who didn't serve, regardless of age group. I, did, I wasn't aware of that. Why, why do you think there's such a disparity? Well, because um, veterans who have served, we're required to use the Internet in just about all of the jobs in the military. As you can imagine, it's a very high-tech um, uh, service. And so that's not surprising to me. However, it's low income that can't afford it. It's not that they can't use it or not aware of it. It's a, uh, an affordability issue. Um, now, that doesn't apply to every veteran. If you go all the way back to Vietnam when it was the draft uh, and there was no Internet, that, that, certainly those folks um, would need some help with using um, the Internet. And that's why we include and really value the digital literacy training that goes with this program. What what is I'm just as an aside. What is digital literacy? So okay, what you know, what good does it do to give a family access to the internet and bring it into their homes and give them a laptop if there isn't some training on why would you use it? How do you protect yourself for, on the internet? Uh, what are the programs you can use? Um, we can't assume that everybody understands how to reach out and benefit from access to the Internet. So we make sure that we're not just throwing that out there. We're giving support. And we do that through partners as well as online uh, digital training that's available. Okay. And, and, again, to be clear, I want to emphasize this to everybody listening. Comcast wants people to go online and apply for this. Yes. You <laughs> might think, okay, that's a catch. We're having them go online to apply for um, the Internet. But there's many places that they can do that. You know, our partners at the um, American Legion, any of the VSO partners, they all know they have capability, the, the employment offices. So they'll have access. And it's as simple as going to that, as I said, internetessentials.com slash veterans. And it'll, it's a simple process to sign up um, and makes it very easy to get on. So let's um and and I'll, we'll keep pushing that. We'll we'll definitely get that information out there um, as as wide and as far as we can. We're going to shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about the the military hiring achievement. Hmm. Well, um, I think about the continued support and commitment to military hiring. Yes, it's true that we made a commitment to hire ten thousand. Uh, members of the military community, and, and we're very specific on that because we recognize it's more than just veterans. It's also those who serve, very importantly, in the National Guard and the Reserve. And then there's another population that is employment challenged, and that's military spouses. So we've hired over 10,000 since our commitment in 2015, and by the end we actually exceeded that. 
So um, all in all, it's been 15,000 since we started counting, and we've exceeded that already, and we are about to announce a new commitment to hiring. But it will continue. As you know, Comcast was created by a World War II veteran. So the number one hire was the owner and creator <laughs> of this company. Well, that's, I mean, that's definitely uh, backing words with, with action because a lot of companies out there say they're going to do this, right, because it, it, it does well as far as PR, but uh, Comcast has certainly followed up and in a big way. I mean, you exceeded that by a huge margin. Well, and, and I think that's a, um, a shout-out to our company and to the leaders of our company. They, they recognize that in order to reach the military community, you need – people who are familiar with that community and that's why we have a team of eight folks who know how to reach the community know what they need know what some of the hiring challenges are so uh, we have an incredible team committed to this effort and to educating everyone in our very large workforce on the value of hiring military one of the issues that i know a lot of vets run into is taking their military experience their military job and putting it in regular speak and so, I mean, does your, does your team sort of help people with that? Like how to translate, you know, I was in a field artillery uh, battery. How do I translate that to, I want to be an accountant? What were you in the military, I want to ask you? Uh, well, the first time I was uh, Marine Corps Communications, and the second time I was PSYOP. Ah, oh, you're a dangerous one. <laughs> See, That's what I my mom tells that, me. But a hiring manager wouldn't understand what that means. So we approach this problem two-pronged. Um, and I don't call it a problem, a challenge. And one is there's many sites that will help veterans um, convert their military experience to civilian experience. Hiring Our Heroes has a site, um, a military translator site. We actually have one on our military hiring site. So there's lots of support out there to help veterans um, convert their experience. But the other side of that is we have to help hiring managers understand um, what veterans bring to the, to the workforce. You might change it on your resume, but you're still going to talk about it. And so unless hiring managers are familiar, they're not going to be able to interpret that. And so we have an internal, uh, think of it as a, you remember job books or you remember field manuals. Mm -hmm. We have an internal field manual basically that helps our, our hiring managers and our leaders understand the military community. So when a resume comes through, they're much more familiar with military ranks, military careers, uh, leadership experience. So it, it's not all on the veteran to convert their experience. I think it's on those of us who hire. And so our career site is comcastcareers.com slash military. And it's a, a site specifically aimed at supporting uh, those military community members who are interested in employment in our company. Oh, it's good to hear that there's there's resources, multifaceted resources, because I, I think vets really uh, too easily get pigeonholed, and then they get sort of nerved out. Right. But, uh, and, you know, I want to add one other thing. You mentioned many companies say they do this, um, but we also have to recognize that veterans get hired by small companies, and small companies don't necessarily have the resources for an eight-person team. So we feel very committed to help other companies do what we're doing, and we created what's called the Comcast Employer School, which is no-cost, free, online content for any company to go in and look at how to set up a hiring program, what's the value of hiring military spouses, how do you build a um, military community affinity program, um, because we recognize that other companies need some assistance with this, and, and we have a responsibility to assist with that. So we be, go beyond our company when it comes to 
thought leadership, sharing best practices. So, so is that uh, is that open to any company? That is open to any company. Just go to, wow. and we can follow up with some information, but psycharmor.org, and that's P-S-Y-C-H-A-R-M-O-R.org. And there's um, all kinds of information for caregivers, for employers, for educators, no-cost content to help civilians understand the military community. And, and we sponsor the one for employers. So please go take a look at that and help us spread that word. Oh, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. We're all committed to the same thing, um, you know, hiring and supporting the military community because we know what they've done for our country and we know what they can bring to the private sector. No, and that's good to know, and I appreciate you teeing that up because uh, I, I was unaware of that. I know a lot of other folks are too, so we'll we'll definitely push that. Um, Thank you. Moving forward, real quickly. Uh, now you have you also have a partnership with Student Veterans of America, which is a really well known and popular group uh, organization. A uh, lot more vets these days are going back to school, and so Student Veterans of America uh, is integral in in getting veterans sort of through that process and then carrying them through. Uh, tell me a little bit about your partnership with that organization. Well, I see some of the same challenges um, with helping hiring managers and companies. You know, many companies have campus recruiting programs, but they may not understand the profile of a um, military veteran, a military student veteran. And so one reason we partnered with the SBA, who has chapters across 1,400 colleges, um, is so that our hiring managers could understand the profile of a GI Bill recipient or a student veteran. They bring incredible talent to any company. And they're not your typical and will not respond to the typical campus recruiting efforts. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. So we, we saw that need, and, and part of it is helping our, our um, hiring manager and our talent folks know how to work with student veteran chapters and helping hiring managers understand how they're a different type of student and uh, what skills do they bring once they complete their education. You're all, you're making this too easy. I wish I could go back in time and, and start over because this is, uh, this is, fan no, seriously, this is fantastic because all the resources, all the dedication, uh, all the personnel, uh, you know, helping vets sort of navigate their way back into the real world. This is, um, this is what it's all about. Um, real, real briefly, because I know you guys are on a sort of a tight schedule as well. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the um, the lifting up America's veterans, the the rally, the old. I'm sorry, the the relay. Oh, oh that's a fun thing, and and um, just to bring awareness of um, veterans and and uh, re the resiliency of our veterans, and to increase awareness. So we support an organization called Team Red, White, and Blue. And uh, check out what they do. They do something called the Old Glory Relay. It's their fifth annual in which they run the American flag from one coast of the country to the other, um, beginning on 9-11 and ending on Veterans Day. And, and we're proud to be one of the major sponsors of this. And you might ask why. And we think anything that um, highlights the contributions of veterans and helps lessen the civ mill divide and, and and shows the resilience, the commitment of these folks is a great thing to be involved in. And it's actually coming to Pittsburgh, uh, through Pittsburgh on September 28th. Really? And our, we got folks on our teams there that will be participating. You don't run the whole, you, you commit to running a very small segment <laughs> with that group. So we can see you out there. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'd, I'll definitely go down there and, uh, and get some shots of that. That sounds awesome. So this check is... out, it's just team, it's teamrwb.org. And you can sign up to walk, to run, or to bike as it comes through uh, the towns of America. Oh, so people can still sign up? Oh, yes, most definitely. As they go through each of the legs, people sign up for a leg, what they want to do, how long. Um, so, yes, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it goes through uh, it's, it's, it's 24 states and uh, takes uh, about 60 days. And uh, like you said, it goes across the country. That goes That's wild. Country, and it'll be coming to Philadelphia. So they'll be running it from the Art Museum down around uh, Independence Hall and back up to Comcast. Um, so it's just a beautiful site and a, a commitment to veterans and a great a great rally um, for that community. Well, thank Comcast for uh, for sponsoring that. That's that's an amazing journey. They are a great group. Another thing we did with them that that we're really committed to is working with women veterans. Um, women veterans use their benefits at a slower rate than uh, other veterans. So we're working real hard to. Um, assist women veterans and any of those groups that do. So Team Red, White, and Blue was instrumental in a program with the uh, Department of Veterans Affairs to highlight the Women's Veterans Athlete Initiative. And it was a, a photo profile of women who used physical fitness, wellness, sports to help their reintegration and their uh, regaining of resiliency after deployment. Um, and it traveled around the country, and so I was just so honored to go speak at many of these photo projects, just highlighting, you know, what women veterans also bring to our country. Is that, uh, can, can people see that somewhere? Can they see it online, or, or, is it, or is it housed somewhere where people can see it? Well, you know what, it's the Women's um, Veteran Center out of the VA, and it will list the locations where it is. Hmm, okay. So it's, um, it's, it's just beautiful photos, and you can meet some of those folks. So Team Red, White, and Blue has done some great things. We also partner with Hiring Our Heroes, and everybody should know about them. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce is committed to um, hiring, and they work with companies to hold hiring fairs, to assist veterans, to assist military spouses. Um, And we're one of their major sponsors, and they're um, now made a new commitment to hire military spouses. I'll touch on that because one of the challenges of military spouses is they're highly qualified and often underemployed because employers know they'll probably move within a couple of years. And so that impacts their employment even though they're so highly qualified. And so we've made a special effort to help our company and other companies understand the value of military spouses. And even if they are leaving within a couple of years, Look for opportunities in our footprint in other locations, and, and you got a great, a great employee for the years that they were there. Plus, you're helping our national defense. The number one reason people leave the military is if the spouse is not gainfully employed and not happy. Amen to that. <laughs> yep. yep, we get that. So I, one, one question, one, uh, something I didn't ask. Um, when we're talking about all these jobs, all, these, you know, all the hiring that's going on, these tens of thousands of, of vets coming in, are these positions, are these at all levels of the, co- the corporation? I work very hard at, to work with all companies that a veteran is not a single profile and that any job um, would fit a veteran with those qualifications. A lot of folks pigeonhole veterans into, well, you were in military police in the Army, so you need to go into uh, security. Well, that's not, that's not the case often. Um, they bring such a broad range of, of skills, general skills, leadership, problem-solving, 
collaboration, teamwork, that we don't need to pigeonhole them into certain jobs. As you can see on our team, you know, I've got uh, me and I have directors and managers, and, and we work very hard to make sure we don't pigeonhole veterans into just certain jobs. Well, it, it definitely sounds like Comcast is doing things the right way, and I know that vets everywhere are fortunate to have somebody like you in the position you're in at a company this size, you know, with your background, your experience, your dedication, looking out for veterans, because you've been there and you've done it. You know you know what's involved. You know what these people need. And, and isn't it great that Comcast recognized they need somebody that had that background, could understand that landscape? But what I feel passionate about is we have to help other companies do it and enable them and empower them. So we do many thought leadership pieces. We, we have companies calling us and saying, you know, how can we do this? Everybody wants to, but that doesn't mean it's easy. You know that. It's a, I call it the wild, wild west when it comes to understanding the military community. Well, it's you know it's that theory of the rising tide lifting all the ships. I mean, everybody's once you're once you're level set, a lot of the stigma, a lot of the veteran esque things out there will just disappear, which we need. Well, and it's also let me give you a shout out. It's organizations like yours that have taken the time to help get the message out. You're just as much a part and a critical part of that landscape to help us all, you know, bring recognition to some of these challenges. So I want to thank you for having us on and for for emphasizing you know, the needs and challenges of veterans, and also just for your program. What a great program. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so uh, what would you say, we're going we're gonna to close out here in a minute, what would you say is your favorite part of your job? Waking up every day and going to it. <laughs> That's okay. That's pretty broad. Um, and I think, I think you'll find many, many of those who have served in the military have a um, culture and a commitment to service. So for me, I think it's the ability to continue to serve the military community. I served directly for you know over 30 years, and I feel like now I'm just serving the military community in different capacity. So, and I don't know that I'm all that different than a lot of other veterans. They they want to be able to help people. Well, as I said before, everybody's fortunate to have folks like you um, doing what you're doing. I mean, we we definitely need the the door breachers uh, and and the people at the helm. So, you know, you just so, used a military reference and I got it. See, that's one of the things I'm talking about. Or <laughs> breachers. See, we could do this. We could do this. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that and, and thank you for allowing us to, to get the message out, especially about Internet Essentials, going to that website and about Psych Armor. You know, we want to make sure we give resources to those, um, to that community. Well, and again, I can't say it enough. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for Comcast uh, doing what they're doing with all the sponsorships, with all the uh, the resources that they're they're throwing at the vets. And um, it's it's a lot of dedication. It's a lot of time and effort. But I think they're getting really quality Americans uh, in those roles as a result of it. Absolutely, we are. And and um, couldn't say that uh, any better than you just did. These are great hires. And so the thing I would ask for everybody on the line and for you is just help us get the message out about Internet Essentials for low-income veterans so that they can get a, a level step up helping them in their job searches and in their work with the VA and just everything that the Internet can bring to them. We will do everything within our power to spread the word on that because it's a, it's a great program. Well, thank you so much for having me on and giving me this opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time. Again, I know you're busy. Uh, there's a lot going on in Minneapolis. It's probably beautiful out there. 
Uh, so, so enjoy that. Uh, Brigadier General uh, Carol Eggert, the Senior Vice President of Military and Veteran Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. Carol, thank you again. Thank you so much for having us, and you, thank you for your service also. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks. And we hope you enjoyed the. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, again, look into the Internet Essentials. It's designed for lower income households, and I'm sure all of you have known someone on a base somewhere, or if you're in the reserves, uh, someone in your in your unit who could use that. You know, it's it's true that the internet uh, is so vital to everything. I mean, it's everything. You pay bills online. You you can you can shop for uh, you know birthday presents or Christmas gifts online. You can buy groceries online. You can um, you know obvious people watch TV online now. I mean, it's everything, right? You want to register your kid for school, you can do it online. Where do you get the alerts? Online, right, for stuff that's going on at their school, uh, parent-teacher conferences. So, I mean, it's, it, 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 is, it sounds trite, and 20 years ago, uh, you know, people like me sort of looked at the Internet as a novelty, you know, and thought, oh, well, that's kind of cool. It's fun. You know, you can it's, – it's a good time kill. Uh, but it is, it is a lifeline these days, and some people cannot – they don't have the money – uh, for all of the stuff. They don't have money for high-speed internet. They don't have money for a new computer. They don't have money for all the equipment. Um, and they're just scraping by. So this is this is an amazing program. Check out internetessentials.com. And, and uh, you know, again, if you know people, pass this thing on. Pass it on. Their intent is, and, and as, as, as Carol mentioned, this is not, there's no catch to it. This isn't, you know, they're not trying to sell you a timeshare with this. This really is just what it says it is. Uh, it's a low speed, or I'm sorry, low cost, high speed uh, internet program uh, at a at an affordable rate for for people who need some help. So check it out. And Comcast, awesome, appreciate it, and uh, definitely uh, General Eggert, uh, appreciate her coming on and and uh, walking through all this information. She's doing wonderful things. So good stuff, good stuff. But it, and if you need information, if any of this went in one ear and out the other, like everything in my life does. Uh, <laughs> drop me an email at editor at the veterans report.com and I'll be happy to send all this stuff to you or give you links or both because I have all of it housed. So, uh, again, if, if all of this went too fast, let me know and I'll get you the info on it. So we'll post the links on, uh, we'll post the link on Twitter, throw up a link on Twitter later so everybody can grab it. Fantastic stuff. And I got to tell you, that's the cool thing about doing this show is I get to talk to amazing people. Amazing people. You know, she could have walked away. She, General Eger could have walked away. She could have hung it up. She could have said, well, you know, 30 plus years, I got a retirement. I'm going to go out and play golf, right? I'm going to go start a coffee shop somewhere, do my own thing. And what's she doing? She's still going to bat for vets, still out there leading from the front. So it's, it's a good... Uh, Excellent example, right, that she's setting. It doesn't end. That fight doesn't end, so good for her. Oh, and one other thing. the uh, I called it the rally because I apparently forgot how to read. The Old Glory Relay is the RWB, the Team RWB uh, journey across America with the flag. So if you want to sign up, uh, jump on their website, and I know there's a map on there that shows where all the stops are going to be. You can still sign up to run a leg. Might be a good way to commemorate 9-11. So 
Or just get out there and run, because I know some of you need to catch up on your PT. So where did I leave off with the news? Oh, so Scott Walker, Wisconsin. There, I said it. I think I've said Wisconsin, what, seven times now? Eight times? No, it, it is pretty up there. It's a nice, it's a, it's a beautiful state. I mean, um, anyway, so you'll, you'll be seeing people from Wisconsin. You'll be seeing reps from Wisconsin everywhere. Wisconsin. Here's one for you. Veterans, and this one, this is, this is a doozy. Veterans can now file class action lawsuits against the VA. Yes. Class action suits against the VA. A U.S. Court of Veterans' Appeals ruling this week will allow veterans to file class action lawsuits against the Department of Veterans Affairs for the first time. A federal court ruling this week opened the possibility for vets to file suit against the Department of Veterans Affairs as a class rather than individuals, a move that advocates say could dramatically shift how legal cases against the bureaucracy are handled. The ruling, Monk versus Wilkie, came from the U.S. Court of Veterans' Appeals. The eight-justice panel, this is where it gets a little tricky, the eight-justice panel ultimately ruled, I said panel, like I'm, like I'm from Wisconsin, the eight, the panel ultimately ruled against the plaintiff's claim that their case should proceed as a class action suit, arguing it failed to meet previously established standards for such legal consideration. But they did say that in, quote, appropriate cases in the future, class action lawsuits would be entertained. Uh, so basically what that means is <clears throat> uh, some folks tried to sue the VA as individuals. And some of you are following along and some of you... Need a little bit of uh, tutorial here, so that's why I'm, I'm not not. It's it's the world of, of legalese, right? So they tried to file a lawsuit. This eight justice panel said you can't do it. Your your case doesn't rise to that level. Um, oh, I'm sorry, not an individual suit. They they tried to. Uh, uh, where are we? Okay, so it was a class action suit. I'm sorry. See now I'm screwing up. The plaintiffs filed a class action suit. The panel said that their case, their class action suit. Uh, didn't meet standards for them to consider it. So they bounced it. But they said in the future, class action suits would be entertained by the justices. So they left the door wide open. So basically what that means is at some point, somebody's going to have enough of an issue or a case uh, to to file a class action suit against the VA. And if they start it with these justices, right, uh, they go through the U.S. Court of Veterans Appeals, um, if it makes its way that far, then these folks are going to entertain that. It could open the door, meaning uh, <laughs> meaning things like the burn pit, right? The burn pit lawsuits could, could move forward. Now, the burn pit lawsuit is against a private contractor at this stage. It's not against the VA, although I think the VA is a party to the suit. But they are not, um, they're not the primary uh, uh, defendant in that. Um, but what this would do, would, this would open the door for people to, to peg the VA <clears throat> as a defendant and then go in there en masse, provided they meet all the legal criteria. So this could—now, on the one, the one hand, uh, this could be very problematic for the VA because if, if you file a class action suit, not, you know, class action suits r involve damages, right? They involve damages, uh, personal damages— in other words, money. See, these class action suits, 
you see these cases proceed and people get, you know, it's, they get paid for it. In essence, they say, uh, this has, here are the damages to my person. Here are the damages to my ability to earn an income, uh, or my, my future ability to earn an income. And here's what we calculate this at. Here's a number. And a lot of times it'll go to a jury, uh, and the jury will come back and say, well, we award X amount, right? Could be a million dollars, could be a billion dollars. And then it goes through all the appeals processes. And sometimes, sometimes that jury award gets whittled down to nothing. And sometimes it goes through the appeals process and remains as is, which has happened to a lot of corporations in the past. And they end up writing a big check. Now, uh, as an aside, the attorneys tend to get a big chunk of that. Because as you can imagine, there are a lot of expenses associated with filing a class action suit. You can A class action suit can involve uh, unlimited numbers of people. It could be 10, it could be 1,000, it could be 100,000, it could be a million people. It's a class action suit, right? <clears throat> so there's, there's years and years and years of note-taking and flying back and forth and staying in hotels and eating dinner and uh, making copies, copious copies of documents that come out in, in uh, boxes, uh, just like in the movies, you know, you see these folks walking into courtrooms with these these bankers' boxes full of paper. Uh, that's real life, man. That is real life with big cases. That is real. Uh, been there, done it, and uh, it's it's the real deal. So there's a lot of money involved in these. Now, back to my point. The detriment to the VA with this, i.e. allowing class action suits to proceed against the VA in the future, the detriment to the VA is that if they get a big enough award against them, it's going to start to impact the services, their ability to uh, provide services, right? Or they're going to have to figure out where to get more money. So I suspect they're going to start shaving, you know, if they get an award, they're going to have to shave money from something on the left, shift it over to the award on the right so they can pay it. Now, uh, the plus side of this whole thing, which I, I shouldn't say that's a detriment to the VA. It's a detriment to all of us. It's a detriment to the taxpayers because it's our money they're using. It's not VA money. It's it's my money. It's your money. Now, on the plus side, <clears throat> for all of us, let's face it, the VA doesn't get a say in this, right? They don't. <laughs> I'm not concerned with their feelings. Uh, the plus for all of us, including uh, civilians and vets alike, is that you know, you get a couple of these, you get two or three of these, and it causes such upheaval and such panic at a certain point because you start going through discovery phases, you start pulling documents, you start pulling texts, emails, um, you start, uh, you know, taking depositions, you start subpoenas, all kinds of crazy stuff. When that starts to fly, because the VA is going to dig their heels in, they're not, they're not going to admit that they're wrong on anything, right? So it's going to go the distance if a, if a class action supersedes. <clears throat> um, but on the plus side, what this is going to do for taxpayers and vets is it's going to force the VA. It's going to force them to reform things. It's going to force them into accountability, and it is going to force them into managing their money better. I mean, at a, there's a certain threshold at which Congress is going to say, sorry, your piggy bank is empty. You have spent your allowance for the next 10 years. Quit asking. You know, if they're facing a couple of suits that have awards of, you know, 400, 600, 800 million dollars a piece, a couple billion dollars, uh, they're going to have a problem. They're going to have a real problem. 
And of course, it costs them money to go through the appeals process, i.e. us. So just something to consider in the future. Now, along those same lines, there was another story that came out this week. Uh, VA mishandled PTSD claims linked to sexual assault. A new report by the Veterans Affairs Inspector General found that almost half of the sexual assault post-traumatic stress disorder claims denied during a four-month period in 2017, half, were incorrectly processed, potentially denying benefits to more than 1,000 veterans. The report said in almost 30% of the cases, evidence was sufficient to request a follow-up medical exam, but none was requested. In the 2017 fiscal year, the Veterans Benefits Administration, those are the folks who basically dole out the, you know, you have, they're the ones who process the claims, right, and then dole out the benefits. <clears throat> in, in the 2017 fiscal year, the VBA processed approximately 12,000 sexual trauma-related claims. 12,000 sexual trauma-related claims and denied 5,500. Investigators looked at a sample of 169 of those and found 82 were improperly denied. Extrapolated for the year, that figures out to almost 2,700 mishandled denials that year. First of all, I'm stunned that there were 12,000 sexual trauma-related claims. I, I guess I'm an... Maybe I haven't been paying attention. I didn't realize it was that prevalent. That in itself is a big, glaring problem, isn't it? But the fact that the VA denied so many of those, well, the BBA, is uh, is problematic in itself as well. So who knows? You know, maybe the uh, maybe opening the door for these class action suits will, uh, again, force reforms, right? Force changes that need to happen. Uh, I'm going kind of fast because there's one other story I wanted to tee up, and you probably all saw this. <clears throat> I, I, yeah. So Representative Duncan Hunter was indicted uh, this week. Uh, Hunter and his wife Margaret face a 60-count federal indictment alleging conspiracy, wire fraud, and misspending and falsification of campaign finance records. The indictment details more than $250,000 in personal spending with campaign funds from $462 for 30 shots of tequila and a steak at a bachelor party to $250 to transport a pet, identified in media reports as likely being the family rabbit. Having routinely used campaign funds as a personal bank account for everything from daily expenses to fancy vacations to Italy, Hawaii, and Las Vegas, and then engaged in cover-ups, As alleged in the indictment, a jury could bring the Hunter political legacy to a crashing halt. Duncan Hunter was first elected in 2008 after his well-regarded father with the same name retired after 28 years in Congress. Now, Duncan Hunter, the younger one who we're talking about, uh, impressed voters in a veteran-rich Republican district by having signed up for the Marines after after the 2001 terrorist attacks and having gone on to serve tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. So, um, there was one other part to this. Uh, now, Hunter, of course, denies the allegations, um, says it's a witch hunt, uses Trump's language that it's a witch hunt. And uh, in addition to being, um, 
they had overdraft fines over 3,000 times. Overdraft charges to their bank account, their personal bank account, over 3,000 times because they were using campaign funds to cover down on it. He also spent money on all kinds of stuff and said it was for wounded vets. Uh, But my favorite part is what came out yesterday is he is now blaming his wife. He is now saying his wife, Margaret, is responsible for all of this, and then she mishandled the finances. Classy. Classy guy, Duncan Hunter. So I'm I'm personally offended by that because this guy was a Marine. And, uh, <laughs> you know, buying golf balls and saying it's for wounded vets? Come on, man. So there's going to be an open seat there in uh, near San Diego. So way to go, Duncan. Well, that's going to do it. Um, otherwise, I'll get buried in more news stories. And, again, we appreciate Carol Eger coming on. Uh, from from Comcast today to talk about all her efforts with with helping vets uh, and their employment prospects. So uh, that's it, and uh, we will see you next time. And um, until then, I'm your host, Jim Cannon. You've been listening to the Veterans Report. Let others know about the show. You can find us online at theveteransreport.com. If you'd like to contact us, send an email to editor at theveteransreport.com. Join us again at the same time for up-to-date veterans news and information. The Veterans Report. Thank you for your service and carry on. The Veterans Report has been sponsored by James Cannon.